You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. All right, we've been in a series this month. We started three weeks ago called What Now? What now? And we're learning from Jonah, from the book of Jonah. It's a short book in the Old Testament. Uh, He's one of the minor prophets. Minor not because he was less important. Minor just because there's less to say about him. And it's a short book. But there are some lessons in that book that we can apply today. We can apply to our lives right now in 2018. And so we've been drawing lessons from this book uh, and we started, uh, each week we are, we're sharing three lessons. And we started on the first week, if you were here with us, you will remember. The lesson one was, when storms come, we all resort to our gods. And I'm not going to go through each one and re-preach the messages. You can find them online if you would like to. Lesson two was, some storms come to save you. And lesson three was, you can't fulfill your mission before you face your issues. You gotta, you gotta take care of your issues before you step in to fulfill your mission. And last week, my wife shared three more lessons. Lesson four was God is always ahead of us, preparing our salvation. Lesson five was God may incubate you in order to save your life. And lesson six is new life begins with repentance. Wasn't it so good last week? She did great last week. Yeah, you can clap. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So today we're going to continue because after all that, you know, the book started mentioning Nineveh and we didn't get to Nineveh yet. We've just been stuck in Jonah and his issues and his problems. So after all that, Jonah comes back to the starting point. He comes back to the beginning. He comes back to the moment where he was first called. And he walked away on God, if you remember, and he he went through the storm and he went through the waves and he was incubated and he repented and the fish vomited him on dry land. Sometimes we just want to get back, right? We make some bad choices and we just want to get back. We just want to get back. Oh, if I could just go back to the point where this all started. And Jonah got that chance. He finds himself back in dry land. And this is where... We pick up Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. Now this gets me excited. Right at the beginning, this gets me excited because the scripture says that the Lord came to Jonah a second time. He came to Jonah a second time. And this is lesson seven in this series. God give us a second chance to the foe and the friend. That's what we learn in this passage. Is that God gives a second chance to the foe and to the friend. See, this is a passage of hope. This is a passage that shows God's compassion for you and for me and for everybody else that we know in our family. And shows God's loving kindness to the people around us and to us as well. I don't know if you've been familiar with second chances, but it's, it's easier to understand giving a second chance to a friend. 
It's easy to understand a second chance being given to people who tried their best. People who didn't turn their backs on you. People who, who tried their best and gave it a go. You know, we all understand giving a second chance to the student that missed one question. He almost made it, man. And so, you know what? Let's give you a second chance. Or to the employee that's diligent and the employee that gives their best and they just missed it. But they're giving their best, so you give them a second chance. We understand rewarding hard work and looking at people with potential. People that tried hard, that gave them best and say, you get to go again. You get to try again. You get to come on board again. You, you get to do it again. You go ahead. We understand second chances for that person. But Jonah was none of that. Jonah had the potential. He had the ability. He just didn't do it. Out in spite, he just turned his back on God and went his own way. Away from God on purpose. He wasn't a friend at that moment. He was a foe. Jan Jonah went the other way on purpose. He fled from his calling. I don't know if you've been guilty of that, but I've done that before. We've all done that from time to time, haven't we? And maybe, you know, it's, it's, it's in that place where, where we, we find ourselves guilty of it, that we think second chances are not for me. You know, God, God called me and I said no on purpose. I had this feeling, this desire to do something and I said no on purpose. And I understand somebody else trying it again because they gave their best. But I didn't even try. See, Jonah was just like you. It's not like Jonah attempted to go to Nineveh and failed. It's not like his Uber driver ran out of gas or something. Like he hopped on a camel that decided to go to Ashdod instead. Right? No, he just didn't do it. He didn't do it. And if you find yourself in that place where God called you to a task, to a project, to an idea, to a relationship, to reconciliation. God called you to freedom. God called you to let go of that bad habit. And instead you went the other way. You knew you were supposed to do the right thing, but you didn't do it on purpose. And now you're thinking, man, I, 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 all I wanted is to go back to the beginning. And then God, you know, sent a storm and, and he incubated you in the belly of the fish, so to speak. And now you're back in the beginning and you're thinking... Whew, I'm just glad to be back. But maybe you haven't realized that there is a second chance for you too. I don't know where you find yourself here this morning. I don't know where you've been. And I don't know if you have lost your belief for the dream and the thing that God placed in your heart. But I'm here to tell you that second chance is for you too. It's for you too. It's not over yet. God sends second chances to foes and friends. This is what the Bible says in Romans 8:32. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? God gave his son for all. For everybody. Everybody in your contact list, everybody in your Rolodex, everybody in your friends list and your enemies list. God gave his son to us all. Not only in the moments that we are our best but Jesus came for us for those moments where we are at our worst 
God's second chance is for you. Whether you've been a friend or a foe, whether you've been a follower or a renegade, a fighter or a flighter, whether you've been the one who stayed or the one who went and left, God's second chance is for you too. Will you answer the call? Will you answer the call today? See, this time, Jonah did what he was supposed to do the first time. He came back around on his pride a little bit. And uh, he made better decisions. Jonah chapter 3 verses 3 and 4 say, say this. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city. Three days journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city going a day's journey. And he called out. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Now I want you to take to heart what it took for Jonah to do that. For Jonah to actually go to Nineveh. See, Scripture says that he arose to go to Nineveh. Because of the context, because of what we've read up until this point. We may think, that's the easy part, man. This guy was in a storm. He was tossed overboard. He was swallowed by a fish and vomited by a fish. I think that he can walk a few miles and say a few things. But as I shared last week, uh, 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 the, the Assyrian kingdom, Nineveh, they were a powerful people. And Jonah was a foreigner in that city. He was a foreigner in that kingdom. He was a foreigner delivering a message from his God. Now, scholars say that the Assyrians believed in many gods. And there's a high chance that they didn't believe in Jehovah and Yahweh, the God of the Israelites. And if they did... He would have been just another God in their plethora of gods. So here's Jonah arising to do this very hard thing. It was not easy, which leads me to lesson number eight. Every calling takes surrender. This is the eighth lesson in this series. By the end of it, you'll have 12. Three a day, three times four, 12. I can still do math. Every calling takes surrender. Now I know that each one of us here, we have a calling. But I don't know where you find yourself in your calling. Whether you're discovering it. Whether you have already taken the step. Or whether you're already walking on the streets of your Nineveh, so to speak. But every calling will take surrender. And this right here. If we don't understand this, it will be very hard for us to walk in our calling. It'll be very difficult for us to walk freely in our calling. And this is where control freaks are made. I don't mean this to be insulting. But it's true. This is where control freaks are made. When you know what you're supposed to do, but you can't surrender. You know what you're supposed to engage in, but you want to control every single part of it. Because you have an end in mind. You have expectations. You have fears. And so you try to do your best to make sure that you're answering your calling. See, people who, who are high in control, they are not bad people. They are people with good intentions. They want a good outcome. 
in their heart of hearts, they want to see a good outcome. And they're answering to the calling that they have the best way they can. Whether it's in a relationship or a profession or a career or a gifted area, they are trying their best. But this is the problem. They're answering their calling with closed fists, holding on to every single circumstance and every single situation. And I've seen nice, easygoing people, fun people, who when they discover their calling and engaged in it, became mean. And became controlling. Micromanagers. Why? They're answering their call, their call the best way they can. But they're not surrendering. And this morning, we got to take this to heart. Because every calling takes surrender. It takes you surrendering your fears. Surrendering your fears. And, and as I shared two weeks ago, the Assyrians were a powerful people. And there was a big chance that this could have gone bad for Jonah. As he started calling out against Nineveh, there's a big chance that that might be it for him. There was a big chance that it might not win well. So, I don't know if you're in a similar situation here today. It could it be that you're trying to answer your calling. Try, trying to answer God's calling for your life, but still holding on to your fears. What if it doesn't work? What if I don't have what it takes? What if it doesn't turn out the way I thought it was going to turn out. What if I lose it all? Let me encourage you with this this morning. You cannot answer to your calling and answer to your fears at the same time. you got to let one of them go. And if you hold on to your fears, you're not going to be able to answer to your calling. You can't do both. And I'm not saying that you should throw caution to the wind and whatever. What I'm saying is this. You do your best and let God do the rest. Do your best and let God do the rest. This is what 2 Timothy says in chapter 1 verse 7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power, of love, and of self-control. You, you have the power. I almost started singing. I got the power here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's playing in my head, guys. Didn't sound like it, though. You have the power. You have love and you have self-control. Second thing, second thing you got to surrender is your expectations. You got to surrender your expectations if you're going to answer to your calling. You know, I'm not talking about the expectation that builds faith. I'm not talking the expectation that causes transformation because you're expecting something good to happen. I'm talking about the expectation that sets up limitations. Like I'm not going to do this unless. I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to start unless. And you set up barriers because you, 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 you set up this expectation of what is meant to happen. But we don't know the future. So we got to surrender that. You know, and so what if Jonah said, God, for me to be effective, I'm going to need a, a, a marketing strategy. I need to hire a PR person. You know, God, we, we got to do some printing. So I need a budget for that too. And you know what? I'm going to call the Nineveh advocate. And have him print a, a, a front page What is it? <laughs> headline. Thank you. It came to me. Front page headline. The timing of that joke was awful, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm going to call the Nineveh advocate and have them print out a front page uh, 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 uh. Headline. headline. Thank you. Ninevites, do or die. 
horrible timing on the joke. It, it died right there. Didn't do. It died. <laughs> Something that pops. I'm going to try to get their attention. What if Jonah did that? What if he went to God and said, God, I need these things before I actually get out and do the work? Sometimes we do that, don't we? We set up expectations that in t they turn to limitations. And we have to be able to let go. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be diligent, that you shouldn't have a strategy, but we have to understand this, that most times, most times, our way of doing things is not God's way of doing things. Most times, our way is not the way. And for you to fulfill your calling properly, you have to understand that your part is not the main part. Your part is an important part, but it's not the main part. God's part is the main part. He's the leader. He's the one who's calling you. He's the one who created you. He's the one who gave you gifts, gifts that you might not even know that you have. He's the one who's developing you, who's calling you and ushering you into your place, into your purpose. So you fit perfectly into his plan. But no human mind can fit God into their own plan. You can't build a box big enough. You, can have the right, you can't have the right shape to try to fit God into your plan. You've got to surrender your expectations. This is what the psalmist said. Psalm 37, 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. Trust in Him and He will act. See, the only way this relationship is going to work is if you understand that your part is an offering of trust to God. It's not you thinking my part is the important part and then God will come around and, and fill in the gaps. But you understanding God, I'm doing my part because I know that you're going to show up. I'm doing my part because I'm answering to your call. I don't have it all figured out, but I'm going to give it my best. I'm going to give it my all. And I'm surrendering my expectations to you. For this to happen in your heart, you have to have the confidence that God has a plan for you though. And maybe some of you, you need to pray for that today. Maybe you haven't gotten to that place yet where you have the confidence that God, the God who created you, who breathed his life into you, who allowed you to wake up this morning and come to this place, that, that, that he gave you not only a life, but that he has a plan for you. You've got to have that confidence that God has you in the palm of his hand. Do you have that confidence this morning? That God has a plan for you. If you don't, I ask you to pray. Even right now, under your breath, you can say, God, give me that confidence. Show me that you have a plan for my life. Because when you do, you can surrender your expectations. You can say, God, you have my life in the palm of your hands. And the, the other thing that you need to surrender, and I'm spending time in this lesson because it's important. You got to surrender the outcome, your desired outcome, your perceived outcome, what you desire to be the outcome. And this is a really important thing because some of us here, we have our identity connected to the desired outcome. Meaning you're not going to be the success that you envision unless that outcome happens. Unless your life turned out to be the way you think it needs to turn out, then you're not content. And you're not who you envision yourself to be. If you are holding on to an image of yourself that depends on a certain outcome, you're going to have a hard, hard life. It's going to be difficult to reconcile your present time 
where you are today and being content and happy and being joyful and thankful and grateful if there's a disparity of desired outcome. And some of you today, you might be battling with that. You look at your life and you think, my gosh, I'm not nearly where I thought I should be. And we all have desires and dreams and, and a drive to accomplish and to achieve. But if we tie ourselves to the stories that we tell ourselves, then there's going to be a disconnect. And this happens often. We tie ourselves to the stories that we tell ourselves. And I got to tell you this today. Many times what we need to adjust is the story. It's not the place that you are today. But it's the story. See, I read not too long ago a study done on the reasons why people take their own lives. And it's a very sad thing when people take their own lives. And, you know, it's been happening more and more in the modern age. And this study showed that the reason, number one reason, there are many reasons why people take their own lives. But the number one reason why people take their own lives is because... Their life does not match the story that they told themselves again and again and again. And it's not that they have a bad life. They see themselves as a failure. They see themselves unable to achieve and to match the story that they've told themselves again and again. And I'm here to encourage you today to release your hopes and attach your hopes to Almighty God and allow Him to write your story. Allow him to write your story and, and allow him to control the outcome of your life. you got to be able to release and surrender the outcome as you answer to the call. And if you've been battling with these thoughts of defeat, if you've been battling with negative thoughts, and even if the thought of, you know, ending it all has crossed your mind, i got to tell you, let me encourage you this morning. God needs you on this planet. He gave you a life so that you can fulfill your purpose. And you are called to make a difference. To make a difference in somebody else's life. In this world. Whether your life doesn't match the, what you have envisioned or not. You know, you're trying to bake a cake with half the ingredients. Just hold on. Give your, your life to God because He is giving you the tools that you need to accomplish your purpose. He's giving you all the ingredients. And if you just keep the hope, stay the course, and continue, continue on, you know, it'll all come together. Amen. you got to get some good people around you. I know Alini already uh, told you about connect groups, but let me encourage you. Get into a connect group. And I'm not saying, you know, you, you, you don't have good friends. I'm just offering you some better friends. <laughs> better friends right here. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We have to trust that. That God's ways are higher. That He sees in a way that we can't see. That He sees you overcoming that obstacle. He sees you on the other side as a victor, not as a victim. He sees you rising. He sees you becoming who He has created you to be. So will you surrender today as you answer the calling? And I'm spending time on this lesson. There's one more, but it's important because this is a tension that we will live in most of our lives. We will live in this tension most of our lives. And some of us here in the room, 
You haven't stopped to have fun in a long, long time. You haven't stopped to enjoy nature and enjoy your family and enjoy what you have in a long, long time. Because you've been living tense and uptight and, and, and you've been thinking about your calling and what you need to do. And you're worried all the time because you've you got to answer your calling. I'm not telling you that you should quit it all. Don't quit it all. Answer your calling. But surrender as well. Surrender your fears. Surrender the expectations. Surrender the desired outcomes. And I'm preaching to myself today. Really. I've had a super busy week. And I've been having busy weeks because, you know, all the, the meetings and the work that in the church office and the things that, that it takes to, to uh, run the church. And on top of that, I joined this uh, leadership coaching network that takes some of my time as well and then I decided to take a couple classes this semester on the Old Testament and the New Testament and so you know you try to stay sharp and uh, to better yourself and and you know for the ministry and what we do here but every day has been very very busy and I've I've been working on this message for a couple weeks now and thinking about it and meditating about it and for for those of you who do public speaking you know that 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 it takes a lot of research and it takes a lot of content for you to you know share a, a presentation any presentation takes a lot of work and diligence and so I'm already thinking of next week's message in October series and the November series and the fall party and the Thanksgiving weekend, which we're going to have some special guests. I don't want to spoil the, the, the surprise there, but we'll, we'll have some special guests on the Thanksgiving weekend too. So make plans to join us ahead of time. Now we believe in preparation in this church and that's my philosophy. You know, we've never come on this stage unprepared. We believe in preparing. We believe in uh, that winging is a last resort, right? And we believe in preparing well. So, because uh, I believe this, that if you've been led by God to wake up on a Sunday morning, hopefully shower, not judging, get in your car, drive all the way here so that we can spend time together, I better give you my best. I better give the church and God my best. My wife and I, we think the same way. And I'm not saying this to, to brag or anything like that, gosh. But, you know, my best didn't start 15 minutes ago when this message began. My best didn't start at 8 in the morning when we started set up. My best started on Tuesday. As we've been preparing and thinking and praying. And, 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 and this happens all the time. It's a, it's a pleasure for us. It's a pleasure and a privilege to do what we do. But there is a weight of responsibility to what we do that really never lifts. Both of us. We are always thinking about you. We're always praying for you. We're always thinking about, you know, better ways to connect you to God. To see you thrive in your relationship with God. We're always praying for you. Always praying for the church. Always hoping to see things get better. To see lives healed and, and things, uh, transformation happen. It's, it's constant in our heart. Constantly in our heart. So, anyways, as I said, I started on this message uh, last week and I was meditating I wrote some notes and so Saturday yesterday morning I, I was putting some final touches on it in the, in the house and in the office in our home office and I'm praying about it as I do most Saturdays and I'm spending time on it and I'm typing some and praying and reading and typing some and praying and thinking about it and God how what's the best way to share this how can we trans uh, share this message and in, in, in a way that will you know that you can speak to people that's always our prayer. And then I heard my family playing outside. 
And my, my wife had my daughters on the trampoline and they were all jumping. And, and for a moment, for a moment, I felt, I felt like I had to choose between my calling and my family. Because part of, of what we do here, just to give you a, win, uh, a window into, you know, it, it can feel superior to anything else because of the nature and the weight of what it is, right? And sometimes it's hard for you to manage. This is very important. And they're jumping on their trampoline. And it just felt the Holy Spirit in my heart. Not, not out loud, but just a sweet, sweet voice whispered to me, go, go jump in the trampoline. I, I can take care of my church. Go, go have fun with your family. Go jump on the trampoline. And some of you, once in a while, you need to unplug. You need to do this today. You need to turn off your phone, go home, and just enjoy your loved ones. You need to turn off your phone and just read a good book. Just unplug and jump on whatever trampoline it is. Whatever that trampoline represents in your life. God has your life on the palm of his hand. He called you. Will you surrender this morning? Now this leads me to lesson nine. And this is the last lesson for this message. It is obedience to God that changes our world. It is obedience to God that changes our world. I know the word obedience sometimes sounds harsh and sharp. But if you understand that God has you in the palm of his hand and that he can see things that you can see and that he has your best interest at heart, obedience is a pleasure. It's not an authoritarian imposition of will. It is our recognition that he has the authority, that he is good, and that he desires to do his will in our lives. Jonah chapter 3, we're going to read the last five verses in this chapter. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king reached reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. And let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. And when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster he had said he would do to them. And he did not do it. One man. One message to a larger city, to an entire city, and they repented from their evil ways. How could have Jonah, Jonah accomplished that? How could it have done that? 2,700 years ago, a city pretty much the same population of Stanford. 
A city that 2,700 years ago did not have the same heart that they did. You know, they had many gods and many different people. How could he have accomplished that? It is obedience to God that changes our world. Let me tell you this. It's not our resources. It's not our talents. It's not our ability. It's not our capacity that will change our world. It is our ability, our capacity, our talent, and our resources submitted to Almighty God that will change our world. It's when we take all that we have and we say, God, use me, guide me, take me, take what I have, and, and, and help me make a difference. And this is where the waters really part. This is where there's no black and white. And you, you, and you can think differently, and you can go and try to do it yourself, and you, can, you will have some results. But if God called you, if he has, which, which he does, but if he has shown you his plan for your, your life, which he has a plan for your life, and you see it, and he gave you a revelation of what you are supposed to accomplish, you know, obeying God and submitting it to him is what will get the results, miraculous results, just like Jonah. One man, one message, and an entire city was changed. That's what we're believing for Connect Community. We are not just one man and one woman here. We are many. But compared to the population of Fairfield County and Westchester County, we may seem like a few. But if we submit all of our talents and gifts to God, in whatever area that you operate in, whatever is your calling in the marketplace or at home in, in, in you know, your relationships or, or your career. We believe that you will make a difference for the better and you will see results that you've never dreamed of. Did you receive it this morning? Amen. Amen. Amen.